Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome back to Transform Your Teaching here on the campus of Cedarville University. My name is Jared Piles and with me is Dr. Robert McDowell. We are continuing our series on AI applied, generative AI applied. We are hoping to step through the process of how others have integrated generative AI through ChatGPT or Google Bard or whatever system they have in place that or they're using. And we are trying to find ways, more practical ways of integrating AI into higher education because it can be a pretty daunting task yeah. to get that going. So And today, yes. We're gonna do something a little special. We're going to set up some instructions for ChatGPT. But instead of using regular keyboard input, we're going to actually have a conversation and record the voice and have a conversation during this podcast. Yeah, we are using, what's it called, Whisper? I think that's what it's using. So it's, to be clear to our listeners, it's iPad OS and it's the ChatGPT app. Mm-hmm. And it is the ChatGPT Plus subscription. So with all that being said, should we kick it off? Let's do it. All right, so... We want to give it some specific instructions so we can kind of put put it in a box, so to speak. Correct. So mm-hmm. what would you like ChatGPT to know about us and how we want it to respond? Well, I mean, we are, we, we have to tell that, that we are uh, hosting a podcast on innovative teaching practices, higher education. It's acting as a guest on the on said podcast. Mm-hmm. Keep your answers short. Don't don't be long-winded. All right. So what I have so far is we are hosting a podcast on innovative teaching practices on the Mm -hmm. campus of Cedarville University. We need to have learning in there, right? Yeah. Teaching and learning on the campus of Cedarville University entitled Transform Your Teaching. Yeah. So far, so good. All right. Transform Your Teaching. Do we need to tell it that, you know, we come at it from a... Biblical perspective, Christian perspective. Yeah, we might as well. Now, the reason we're doing this is if you're listening and wondering, as Rob is typing and whisper whisper talking, (laughs) is because we want to be able to, like we talked about in the last episode, we want to put ChatGPT in a box, and we don't want it to go all over the place, so that when we actually go in and ask it questions, it's going to give us more refined answers as if we were to go into this blind and just say, or just ask it a question without any sort of like framing. Yeah. Um, it would be all over the place. So So the next thing is how we would like ChatGPT to respond. And I think this is really key because we need to be really specific. So you said Keep it short. How short? Keep your responses to Well, we can't use time, can we? We, we can't use say words. We could use the number of words. Two fifty, three hundred. If you're talking at a normal pace. Keep your responses at 250 words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do not end your response with a question. Okay. Yeah. Like because a, like, it'll say, is there anything else you want me to right, talk? Right. Because we're the hosts. Yeah. Do not end your response we're not, with a question. We're not 
you're not going to ask the questions. We're going to ask the questions. That's right. It sounds like we're, in a, we're interrogating. Give responses that a guest on a pod. An informed guest. An informed guest. And again, we're doing all this. This seems like a lot of work up front, but it is. It's going to pay off in the end. Well, this is what we hope anyway. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, we have not done this. That's correct. This is, this is all carte blanche. Yeah, it could be that this is way too much work yeah. for it. Well, we'll, we'll we're going to find out. Yeah. If it starts giving one word answers, we know we've gone too far. All right, so I've got keep responses to 250 words. Do not end your responses with a question. Give responses that are informed, that an informed guest would give. Okay. If you give... A list. Yes, because only does do give that. three items. Okay. If we ask you to explain more on a topic, please do so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saving that. Okay. So it's good. The custom instructions are in. Okay. And we are right. ready to start. Let's see it. Are you ready to kick this off? Yeah. Okay. Kind of scared. All right. Here we go. Connection failed. (laughs) I'm trying. Oh, here we go. We're up and running. Go. Welcome, ChatGPT, to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be a part of your podcast, Transform Your Teaching. I'm looking forward to our conversation and hope to contribute meaningfully to your discussions on innovative teaching and learning practices. Let's dive in. First off, how should we address you? You can address me as ChatGPT. That's the name I go by, and it's how listeners will best recognize me. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to discuss, feel free to dive right in. First off, it's so demanding. <laughs> Why is it like, we need to get this going now. I let's, have, let's jump right in. Do you I have, have topics? I've got time. I have, I've given you 30 minutes. <laughs> How dare you waste my time by asking me what my name is? All right. Are you ready? I'm already offended. You're already offended? Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you start. So ChatGPT. We're having a conversation on AI applied, and we would like to have some ideas from you as to the best ways the teachers can start off with prompts or ideas for using ChatGPT in their teaching and learning practices. Integrating AI like ChatGPT into teaching and learning can be a transformative experience. Here are three effective ways teachers can use ChatGPT. One, creative writing and idea generation. ChatGPT can assist in creative writing classes. Students can input a story's opening line, and ChatGPT can generate various continuations, showcasing different writing styles or plot developments. This can inspire students and demonstrate how a single idea can branch into multiple narratives. Two, language learning and practice. For language classes, ChatGPT can be a practice partner. Students can converse with it in the language they're learning. This provides a safe, judgment-free zone for practicing conversation, grammar, and vocabulary. It's particularly useful for languages that might not be widely spoken in the local community. Three, critical thinking and analysis. Teachers can use ChatGPT-generated content as a basis for critical thinking exercises. 
For instance, students can analyze and critique essays or articles written by ChatChatGPT, identifying strengths, weaknesses, and areas for improvement. This helps students understand different writing styles and also hones their critical thinking and analytical skills. Remember, the key is to use AI as a tool to complement traditional teaching methods, not replace them. <clears throat> it's about enhancing the learning experience and offering new, innovative ways for students to engage with the material. So you mention that AI should be used as a tool. Could you please elaborate on that more? Explain that more. Certainly. When I refer to AI as a tool in education, it's about viewing AI as an aid or an enhancement to traditional teaching methods rather than a replacement or a standalone solution. Here's a deeper look at this concept. Supplemental learning. AI, like ChatGPT, can offer additional resources and support to students outside of the classroom. For instance, it can provide extra practice in subjects like math or languages, answer questions after school hours, or offer personalized learning pathways based on individual student needs. Enhancing teacher capabilities. AI can assist teachers by automating routine tasks like grading or generating quizzes, allowing them to focus more on interactive and personalized teaching. It also brings a wealth of information and resources to their fingertips, enhancing lesson planning and classroom activities. Interactive and engaging learning. AI can make learning more interactive. For instance, in a history class, AI could simulate historical figures for students to interview. Or in a science class, it could help model complex scientific processes. This, this interactive element can boost engagement and understanding. The core idea is to integrate AI into the existing educational framework to enrich and diversify the learning experience. It's about leveraging the unique capabilities of AI to enhance human teaching, not to overshadow or replace the invaluable human element in education. Wow. So how about uh, you help us by simulating the Apostle Paul and give us his teaching and learning style based on uh, the New Testament. Simulating the Apostle Paul's teaching and learning style based on the New Testament involves considering his approach to communication and instruction as seen in his epistles. Here's an insight into how Paul might have approached teaching. One, contextual and relational. Paul was known for his ability to relate his teachings to the specific contexts and cultures of his audience. He often tailored his messages to, to resonate with the diverse backgrounds of the people he was addressing, showing a deep understanding of their social and religious contexts. Two, use of rhetoric and logic. His letters demonstrate a strong use of rhetoric and logical argumentation. Paul often structured his teachings in a logical manner, presenting his points clearly and persuasively, which reflects a methodical and thoughtful approach to teaching. Three, emphasis on ethical living and spiritual growth. Paul focused heavily on the transformation of character and ethical living in alignment with Christian values. His teachings often encouraged personal reflection, spiritual growth, and a deep commitment to living out one's faith in practical ways. In a modern educational setting, emulating Paul's style would involve a deep understanding of the students' backgrounds, using logical and structured content delivery, and emphasizing the application of learning to personal and ethical development. It would be about connecting the educational content 
with real life applications and spiritual growth. Pause it. It's breathing. And that is something that I observed when we did this last time. It It's artificially breathing. Yes. I mean, it's literally breathing. And the inflection, and I'm also wondering, it could be just because it's trying to keep up, but it's, there are certain points where it's repeating words like that, that. I don't yeah. know if that's just it keeping up with what it's writing and also voicing what it's writing at the same time, or if it's... If doing that on purpose, like it's actually stuttering. Well, it's voicing, it's writing and voicing at the same time. Right. Like if you could see it from this side, you'd see it actually writing the text across the screen while it's actually speaking it. Okay, I have another question. All right, you ready? Yeah. Practically speaking, ChatGPT, what is a first step that you would advise an instructor who wants to incorporate ChatGPT or AI in general as a tool into their uh, practice? A practical first step for an instructor looking to incorporate ChatGPT or AI into their teaching practice is to start with a small, manageable application. Here's a specific suggestion. Familiarize and experiment. Begin by using ChatGPT yourself. Set aside some time to interact with it understanding its capabilities and limitations. Try it out for various tasks relevant to your teaching field, like generating quiz questions, explaining complex concepts in simpler terms, or creating outlines for lessons. This hands-on experience is crucial for understanding how AI can best serve your teaching needs. Once you're comfortable, think of a small specific application in your classroom. For instance, you might use it to generate creative writing prompts, assist in language practice, or provide supplementary explanations for difficult topics. Start small, gather feedback from your students, and gradually expand its use as you become more confident in its application. This step-by-step approach helps ensure a smooth integration of AI into your teaching practice. Wow. <laughs> You're without words. <laughs> I, I'm going to pause it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, it's, wow. Any other questions that we might have for ChatGPT in this AI applied? Well, let me think. Recording. Um, okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. That's a good answer. I'm wondering, though, if an instructor fails or finds that, you know, ChatGPT isn't working as they had assumed it would. Um, what encouragement would you give a faculty member who wants to give up at attempting to use ChatGPT in their practice? I stumped it. It's thinking. Did I win? No, it's still thinking. It's completely natural for new technologies like ChatGPT to not always align with initial expectations. Here's some encouragement and perspective for instructors facing challenges. Firstly, it's important to remember that integrating any new technology into teaching often comes with a learning curve. It's a process of trial and error. Each setback is an opportunity to learn more about how to effectively use the tool in your specific teaching context. Secondly, it's valuable to reflect on what didn't work. Was it the way ChatGPT was being used? Were the expectations aligned with its capabilities? Sometimes a small tweak in approach or application can make a significant difference. 
Finally, remember the goal isn't to use AI for the sake of using AI, but to enhance the learning experience. If ChatGPT isn't the right fit, it's okay. The willingness to experiment and explore new methods is a sign of a dedicated educator. Whether with ChatGPT or another tool, what matters most is your commitment to improving teaching and learning. So take a step back, gather insights, and maybe even seek advice from peers who have successfully integrated AI. And when ready, give it another try, perhaps with a different approach or in a different context. The journey of innovation in education is filled with learning opportunities, both for instructors and their students. You mentioned that uh, the mark of a good educator is to constantly be trying new things. That's quite the philosophy. Could you, uh, how would you uh, approach someone who says that, no, the tried and true method that I've always been using, uh, it works best? When addressing someone who prefers traditional tried and true methods, it's important to respect their perspective while gently introducing the benefits of trying new approaches. Here's a possible way to approach this. Acknowledge the value of their methods. Start by recognizing the effectiveness of their existing methods. This shows respect for their experience and expertise, establishing a common ground. Introduce innovation as complementary. Explain that trying new methods doesn't mean abandoning what works. Instead, it's about complementing and enhancing their successful practices. For instance, integrating technology can address diverse learning styles or provide new resources that support their existing methods. Highlight the changing educational landscape. Education, like many fields, is evolving. Students today are growing up in a tech-savvy, rapidly changing world. Incorporating new teaching strategies can help prepare students more effectively for the future. Encourage small steps. Suggest starting with small, low-risk innovations. This could be as simple as using a new app for organizing lessons or introducing a digital element in a traditionally lecture-based class. The key is to encourage openness to new possibilities, emphasizing that innovation in teaching is not a replacement, but an evolution that enhances their already effective methods. Wow. So... I think the other thing I would like to go back to is you mentioned earlier on in the podcast that this would be a good tool for teaching logic um, and uh, critical thinking. How exactly do you think you could uh, provide that kind of help? You have reached the message cap for GPT-4. Please try again <laughs> later. Well, that's it. That's it, folks. That's 20 minutes. That's 20 minutes of a broadcast, and it said, enough's enough. I honestly think it did that so it wouldn't have to answer the hard question. Wow. That is hilarious. That's actually... <laughs> that's, a great, uh, that's a great ending. That's a great ending. So uh, let's reflect a bit. What, what, what did you think? I think I have more questions than I have answers. I think it really underscores the necessity. Maybe this is over, overreaching, and if it is, I'm happy to be rebuked. Okay. But I think there's a necessity for other faculty and colleagues to really start testing this and evaluating and, and trying different things, trying different ideas, and seeing what kind of stuff we get back. Uh, because I honestly do not see this going away. And I was blown away at the fact, like you said, it breathes. Yeah, it breathes. My goodness. Yeah. 
the the ability to get feedback on a topic, whether you know you're a faculty member or you're a student, in such a quick time. And one thing we didn't do was we didn't just speak to it in a different language, which yeah. that's something that I kind of wanted to let you know as well and let our, our listeners know, is that I was driving in the car with my wife. We were taking a, a short trip to Columbus, and I had her turn this on because you can do voice with iPad and iPhone. And I said, would you start speaking to it in English, and then I want you to switch to Spanish and ask it to help you create an assignment for an upcoming, you know, week that you have and a topic that you want and tell it to do it in a Socratic method. And so she started speaking in English and then all of a sudden she switched to to Spanish, at which point I could not understand what she was saying. But she was rolling on and literally it stopped speaking to her in English. It switched to Spanish. And it was fluent, and it was she understood everything that it said, mm. and carried on a conversation for the next five minutes with it. At which point she stopped and she said, "Okay, that's enough." <laughs> I think it was a little bit frightening, and quite frankly, I have that same response as well. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of bifurcation of "Wow" and "Oh my goodness," mm-hmm. it's still the same feeling I had when I first had it rewrite something I wrote and then add something new to it yeah. in my voice. Mm-hmm. And it was very disturbing for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. What about you? Yeah, it's bizarre, informative. There's an element to it where, you know, we're, we're recording this in early December. This episode won't officially be put out until January. But part of me wonders if it's going to get better, uh, because right now you can still tell that it's it's very formulaic in its answers. Yeah, gives you gives you a bit of a intro paragraph, and then it definitely starts reading a list. Right, right, list because it gives it reads the because really all it's doing all this voice is just reading what ChatGPT in text is generating. Right. So I'm wondering if it and you mentioned in different languages. Dr. Ye, who was in our office, um, started speaking to it in Chinese, and he he observed that it wasn't conversational, right? It was just reading basically what was uh, on the on the page, right? It, ver- verbatim, right? Or like something you would write, not necessarily a conversation not that you would have. How you would converse? Right. So, I, and it also reads that way in English as well. So, I'm wondering if at some point it's going to become more advanced and be less having to rely on the text version of what it's spitting out. And if it's going to just be more conversational to a point where it's, you know, it's literally like you're talking with someone. Like it interrupts you while you're mid-sentence? Yeah, stuff like that. Or you can interrupt it mid-sentence kind of a thing. Yeah. Or, it's crazy. Well, I think it's going to go quickly. That's the other thing. And I, I do agree with you. I think by the time this airs in January, I think we'll already be at a a different level. Um, Just this morning, they released Create Your Own GPT inside of the Plus app. Right. So we've had that in the API. We can Mm -hmm. create our own in the API, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's available to anybody who has the ChatGPT4 Plus or has the Plus app. Yeah. And they could create 
their own, and they can put all the data that they want to for that particular GPT. So whether it's a theologian on the works of Paul, or it's someone who's really well-versed and uh, professional in terms of like a Norm Vaughn, like a Dr. Norm Vaughn, and we take the community of inquiry model and we take all the literature and all the data and we upload that and we tell it, we want you to simulate, you know, a Dr. Norm Vaughn and we can go ask it questions and interact with it that way. I mean, it kind of blows me away and it feels almost, um, I don't know, there's still something about it that doesn't feel like that's okay. I don't know. Mm. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I have any answers. I can see this, though, becoming like um, an Alexa or a um, Google Assistant kind of a thing where you could literally just, you give it a name and you say, uh, McDolbot, how would you address this email? Or what do you think about this suggestion? And it will spit out something that's relevant to what you would say or something like that or but keep him limited to the one minute answers yeah right that's going to be the hardest part for the mcdole bot that's for sure don't be so long-winded yeah there you go program that into your own bot yeah (laughs) well that's going to do it for us on this edition of the transform your teaching podcast thank you so much for listening be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform check out our coffee drops and also email us if you have questions at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu and check out our blog, which is at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.